Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. And then there were three. Bump, 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 bump. Any more dramatic? One pots dust. Morning, everybody. Bump. Welcome to Wednesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here live from the Auction Community Studios on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The three left standing. Two, really, of the yeah. full show. Tim Ring is here again. He's like Lou Gehrig up in here. Oh He's boy. like Cal Ripken up in here. That's better. AC Green. Mikel <laughs> well, Bridges. Don't get Wally pipped, everybody. No. By the way, uh, I'm here. Jarrett's here. Jarrett, bare bones, Carlin on the updates. Keep it yes, simple. Exactly. Nothing. I, no bells and whistles. Nothing goofy. Nothing wacky. Look at get you. through it. Lots of lots of local sports tonight. No local sports yesterday. So yeah. just giving you what's going I, on. I kind of like the Carlin update. I, I, I do. Oh. I find them engaging. Really? Speaking of which, now that I... Wait I, as we go on. Wait till about the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, when, that, he gets, when he gets bored, he's like, I've already done this. Yeah. <laughs> now that we know the uh, now that we know the D-backs pick 12th, I am just polishing up my 2023 MLB mock draft. Oh, really? Ooh, can't yes. wait. And uh, I've got them taking Braden Taylor, an infielder out of TCU. Braden Taylor, infielder I out of TCU. I don't know if you're making that up or not, because every sort of Generation Z person is named Braden or Jaden or something like that. Oh, I'm not making Aiden. it up. <laughs> Aiden. <laughs> no, you know Tim Ring thoroughly researched that before he came. Of and course. We'll, I we'll have the rest of that mock draft at 8 o'clock this morning. Oh, no, boy. we won't. The, the, the Ring 5. No, we won't. Yeah, the Ring 5. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Believe it or not, there actually is a 2023 MLB mock draft. I believe there is. Of course there is. There's football mock drafts already out there. Yeah. Uh, can I sway, sway off sports for a second before we get into the splash? Of course. I would actually enjoy it if you did. It. We have uh, <laughs> we got the TVs on here in the studio, and one of them is on a local news channel, and there was a local story where the headline was, Suspect drives off 200-foot cliff. Second line, no serious injury. <laughs> How does that work? One hell of an airbag. Goodness gracious. What One is the safety rating on the automobile that suspect was driving? But they should turn it into a commercial. They should. Whatever automobile that was. This Look, suspect you can drive well, off a cliff. I guess it kind of depends on what the, he was suspected for. Yeah, True. True. Uh, Mur- local murderer drives off cliff <laughs> by our car. If you're a criminal, it doesn't change the safety value of the car, Jarrett, just because a murderer might be driving it. Maybe it was a flying car. If you've robbed a bank and you're in a getaway chase, you can drive off a cliff and survive. You can feel safe <laughs> in our automobile. Unbelievable. All right, let's start the splash, Jarrett. 
splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. And in the interest of consistency, yes, Sarah Cazell is not here today, as we kind of outlined without mentioning. She has not been fired. No, she's on assignment. She's on assignment. Uh, Cardinals still getting ready for the New England Patriots in their final five games of the season. That stretch starts Monday night at State Farm Stadium against the Pats. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury said Tuesday, it looks like the team will be without offensive linemen Rodney Hudson and Will Hernandez for at least another week. Uh, but they should have at least one of Rondale Moore or Greg Dorch back this week. Cornerback Byron Murphy still questionable for a week 14 return. Cardinals did also re-sign defensive lineman Michael Dogby and linebacker Blake Lynch to the practice squad. Michael Dogby making a run at Andre Bocelli in terms of uh, total number of transactions this year. He's Those... back, he's gone, he's back, he's gone. <laughs> Bill Belichick, meanwhile, said... Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz, the team's nominee for the 2022 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. As a team nominee, Ertz gets $40,000 for the charity of his choice. Another $250,000 for charity if he wins. That award will be given out during Super Bowl week. Cardinals have had two winners in the in uh, the awards history, which started in 1970, predating Walter Payton's career. But uh, Kurt Warner won it in 2008, Larry Fitzgerald in 2016, and J.J. Watt, current Cardinal, won it in 2017 while a member of the Texans. What was it called before the Walter Payton Man of the Year? It's had several different awards. The Walter Camp Award, I believe. <laughs> For a brief period of time, it was the O.J. Simpson Man of the Year. They had to change that. <laughs> Don't know why. Why? Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. That's... Wow, wacky, uh, wild stuff. News out of Santa Clara. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo apparently doesn't need surgery on his foot. Could return for the playoffs if rehab goes well. ESPN reported that Garoppolo, who was injured in last Sunday's win over Miami, could return in seven or eight weeks. And I heard that I heard that would be a long term. It could be as early as six weeks. Wow. Could be as early as six weeks. Just keep us afloat for six weeks, Brock Purdy. If, if Jimmy Garoppolo could be back for the very first playoff game. Is that still six weeks? Man, I guess it is. Yes. Six weeks away. Wow. Isn't that weird? The 49ers have one quarterback named Purdy and one quarterback who is Purdy. <laughs> God, that's bad. No, that's great. <laughs> I wish I would thought of that. For uh, the Los Angeles Rams were the team that made the waiver claim on Baker Mayfield after he was cut loose by the Panthers. Rams have been without starting quarterback Matthew Stafford, who's missed three of the last four games with concussion symptoms and a spinal cord contusion. It's heavily contused, right, Jared? Uh, uh, the defending Super Bowl champs have lost three straight, three and nine on the season, and have played with both John Wolford and Bryce Perkins at quarterback. Didn't see that one coming. No. I understand why they do it, though. Why they would do it, Vinny. I mean, kicking the tires. Kicking the tires. They owe it to the other 52 guys on the roster to give those guys the best chance to win. I would think the even. The ones that still want to play. I would think even Baker, if they can get him up to speed with the playbook, I would think Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than those two guys. You would think. Right? And then. 
Well, he has the second lowest single season QBR ever. But he's at least since, an, he's, since at they've least been he, tracking it since 2006. Wouldn't you have thought he could beat out Sam Darnold and PJ Walker? Yeah, you would have thought that he's too. An, he's at least an NFL quarterback. It's like the old joke. Like, what do you call the guy who graduated last in medical school? Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Tennessee Titans have fired their GM, John Robinson. It was in his seventh year on the job. They've made the playoffs four times in his six years, winning three games uh, in the playoffs under Robinson's watch and never finished a season with less than nine wins. And they're in first place right now. Kind of a curious move. Curious move. I'm guessing the the owner in John Robinson, uh, the managing partner, really, uh, maybe did not have the warm and fuzzy, cozy relationship. That's not. That's some other. We'll get into that a little bit. Front offices have. Yeah. Which ones could you be talking about? Uh, Suns are back home for a big one, at least in terms of regular season (laughs) games, as they host the team with the league's best record, the Boston Celtics at Footprint Center. The Celtics come in at 20 and 5 on the year, 16 and 2 in their last 18. They're on a uh, game three of a six game road trip. They've won the first two against Brooklyn and Toronto. This evening could also mark the return of guard Chris Paul, who's missed the last 14 games with a heel injury. He and Torrey Craig both upgraded to questionable as yesterday. Imagine being upgraded to questionable. Uh, Craig has missed the last three games with a groin strain. That game gets underway at 8. Pre-game coverage at 7.30 here on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. Yotes, final game of a 14-game uh, road trip tonight in Edmonton against the Oilers. That's a 7.30 start. Pre-game coverage on 7. And since we got so much local sports tonight, you can hear that on the Arizona Sports app and KTAR News 92.3 FM. Looking forward to the Suns-Celtics, Vinny. I'm yes. not going to lie. Uh, Major League Baseball inaugural draft lottery Tuesday. The Pirates will get the number one overall pick. They will be followed by Washington, Detroit, Texas, Minnesota, and Oakland as a couple teams elevated despite their chances. And that meant the Diamondbacks, who were actually slotted 11th, they get the 12th pick in uh, next summer's draft. But that gives them the opportunity to get Braden Braden Taylor Taylor. out of TCU. Love that kid. Love that kid. Five-tool player. Generation talent. What is up? Can run, throw, hit with power. Horned frog. Coach's kid, Jim (laughs) Rad. Love that guy. Uh, some more free agent movement around the bigs yesterday. Cody Bellinger, now a Cub. A Cub! He signed a one-year, $17.5 million deal hey, in Chicago. <laughs> Steve, Kobe Bellinger's here. <laughs> Bellinger backwards is Regnellalub. Uh, Cubs also signed right-hander Jameson Tyon away from the Yankees. Four years, $68 million. Taiwan Walker leaving the Mets to jump to the Phillies. What? $72 million for him. For Taiwan Walker? The same guy that was on the Diamondbacks? Mitch Hanek. Trying to resurrect his career? He's good now. He, he got oh. better when he left. That's what happens. Uh, Mitch Hanniger now a giant. hurt. He was hurt. Uh, Mitch Hanniger, another former Diamondback. He gets a three-year, $43.5 million deal from the Giants. Uh, and Josh Bell leaving the Padres to sign a one-year deal with the Cleveland Guardians. The, so the Dodgers have lost two starters, Trey Turner and Cody Bellinger. Uh-huh. Watch out for them as a secret team to get Aaron Judge now. Don't you mean Arson Judge? Arson Judge, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy, that guy. Uh, more movement in college football. Uh, transfer portal, former ASU offensive lineman Ladarius Henderson. Looks like he had things planned out. He's already headed uh, to Michigan, was posing for pictures with Jim Harbaugh yesterday. Uh, the Pac-12 announced its all-conference football team on uh, Tuesday. Two Sun Devils landed on it. Punter Eddie Chaplitsky landed on the first team. Then he hit the transfer portal. Running back X Valade got second team honors. Arizona's Dorian Singer landed second team. 
team honors as well a day after he hit the transfer portal. Caleb Williams of USC, the Offensive Player of the Year. USC's uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu won the Pat Tillman Defensive Player of the Year. And Kalen DeBoer from Washington and Jonathan Smith from Oregon State split the Coach of the Year award. Uh, ASU hoops in action. I told you there was a lot of local hoop, a lot of action tonight. Uh, they're in Dallas to take on SMU. Sun Devils off to an 8-1 and start. Fifth meeting between the schools, first since 1994. That gets underway at 7, 6.30 pregame coverage on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. And the World Cup quarterfinals are set. Morocco takes down my man Morata in Spain in PKs and Portugal. With Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench, beat Switzerland 6-1. Did you catch the uh, Ladarius Henderson Twitter gaffe I pointed out yesterday? Actually, to be fair, a Twitter user pointed it out to me, and then I put it on blast. Which is? Well, he entered the transfer portal on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesday, he's in Ann Arbor. Yes. Tweeting out with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. But behind them on the TV was the Brazil World Cup game. Which was played on Monday. Yeah. He's had a map out for a while. He entered the portal. Somebody tweeted me last week and said he's going to Michigan. He entered the portal from Ann Arbor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no tampering going on there. No. There's your splash for Wednesday, December 7th. Coming up next, Cardinals back to work. We'll hear what the head coach Cliff Kingsbury had to say ahead of his matchup with Bill Belichick. That's straight ahead. It's Pickley and Murata mornings. Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Yeah, I, I think that that first year is is different, um, no question, with some of the young players we had, positions they're in, and um, where we're at now, I think, is um, you know in a season where we don't think we've we've played our best football yet uh, collectively. It's just trying to do that, and you know, five games left. Like I said, two national TV games. And there's a lot to play for, and, and guys want to play our best football and see what we can look like when we put one together. And I think that is you know the motivation for the coaches and the players right now. That's Cliff King. Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, yesterday addressing the media team back from the bye week. They've got a Monday night date with the New England Patriots at State Farm Stadium. There he's talking about late season motivation, which is yeah, the top storyline right now when you have a 4-8 and eight team with a week 13 bye. Motivation should be questioned, but you know, to what Cliff Kingsbury said, Tim, in that soundbite, we're a team that doesn't believe it's played its best football yet. I hope not. Well, there's that, but also if you've played 12 of your 17 games and you can't look to one as our best football yet, it's probably not going to happen. There's not a lot of teams that flounder through, you know, three quarters of their season and then turn it on at the end. It's also really, really tough, Vinny, when you can't play a football game ever with your top guys out there and mass. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like you finally get Brown and Hopkins out there on the field together. And where's Zach Ertz? Oh, he's out. Where's Rondell Moore? Oh, oh he's out. Where's our offensive line? Oh, four of those guys are out. Uh-huh. I mean, every every time you try to bring some guys back, other guys are out. You know, then earlier in the season, well, your, your offensive line's intact. Well, Hopkins is suspended. And Hopkins comes back. Well, Hollywood Brown has got a broken foot. I mean, but it's again, just. It's, I, I, I know, and I'm not. You're not wrong. Please don't. Please don't make it sound like I'm saying ex- injuries are the excuse for the 
for the caliber of football we've seen out of the organization. I'm not suggesting this year. That, I'm just, that you're I, saying that. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is, how could how could this team have ever played their quote unquote? You know, I'm giving the air quotes best football when they've just been a hodgepodge of personnel all season long. And to your point, it's never going to happen this year. No, because and. And for Cliff to say, I mean, to bring up like we got nationally televised games, I mean, so what? I, I mean, they had a nationally televised game in Mexico City, and it was about their worst game of the year. Internationally televised game. I mean, they, yes. got, they, got, they got slaughtered. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine at this point these guys are like, oh, good, we're on Monday Night Football. Let's go play our best. I mean, I, I, that, 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 that to me is meaningless. These guys, for this, at this point, Vinny, it should be about pride. It should be about doing their job. It should be about trying to win a football game game each and every time they they go out there on the field for either their position on the team next year, their position in the league perhaps, if they're not going to be an Arizona Cardinal, or just about that internal pride of going out there and doing your job and being the best you can be as a competitor every time you take the field and, and trying to beat the guy on the other side of the field. That's what it should be about yeah. at this time and, 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 and making a promise to your teammates and the guy next to you that you're going to go to war and try to win a football game. Are, are the Cardinals going to do that? I, 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 we're going to find out. To me, it's almost like talk is cheap at this point. Yeah. Like you can say all the right things about being a professional, but we're going to find out on Monday night what the Cardinals are going to do these last five games. Well, beginning Monday night. And the subsequent say. four weeks, yeah. But And I wasn't suggesting that you're putting the injury thing out there yeah. as, hey, this is, this is why the Cardinals haven't played their best football. Um, I just think that there's been so much in terms of injury. Week to week, we're talking about this. No, we're never going to see this receiving core together. We haven't seen the offensive line together since very early in the season. But the good teams find ways to overcome that. Look at the San Francisco 49ers, who basically right now are coming down the home stretch of what they believe is a run to the Super Bowl with essentially their fourth string quarterback. Trey Lance was their guy. Jimmy Garoppolo was their second string guy. They had Nate Sudfeld on the roster. At the beginning of the year, Brock Purdy was a fourth stringer trying to make the team. Now he's at the controls, and now you've got guys like Joe Montana saying, yeah, they can still win the Super Bowl with, with Brock Purdy. Yeah, but he's drunk, to, he's drunk on Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to, I mean, the Cardinals in their history. And it was, it was very much talked about uh, as a mantra, next man up in 2014 and 2015, especially 2014. The Cardinals had to start a playoff game with Ryan Lindley. Yeah, but that really didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work, but they also didn't let the presence of you know their starting quarterback and their second string quarterback derail their confidence. Now they had obviously built up enough goodwill at that point, and and, and enough and wins built, at that point. They had built up enough wins. Yes. Really, it wasn't so much goodwill. There were seasons where next man up was the mantra of the team. Yes, because they had so many injuries, and all the fill-ins kept filling in, and they kept winning. Yeah, you're you're getting no argument out of me. There's no pushback on the injury thing. It's just it's more of a fact. It's more of a. This is this is the hand they were dealt in terms of trying to play their best football. I yes, just, I just don't think there was an opportunity to ever do that. But that's all I'm saying. Here, here's where I'm going. But with it does it, it doesn't excuse false starts, not getting plays in on time, penalties, quarterbacks bitching out coaches, receivers bitching out quarterbacks, turnovers, fumbles, picks, all that kind of stuff that has defined the 2022 season does not does not jive with. We've been banged up. 
either. So let's let's be very clear about yeah. that, right? Go back to last year, though. There was a lot of frustrated Cardinal fans with how that season ended. At one point, they were ten and two. They were talked about as Super Bowl favorites. And they collapsed down the stretch. And when that collapse was complete in Los Angeles, a lot of fans said, we need to make changes. Changes didn't come. In fact, the guys responsible for the collapse were rewarded. And the the, the, the reason for that was, oh, we still improved by three wins over the year uh, over the last year. We're not going to be able to fall back on win improvement this year for the Cardinals. But that injury thing could be something to fall back on. You know what? We're going to run it back with these guys and, and this coaching staff and a lot of these core players because we didn't get to see the Cardinals on the football field. Here, here's, here's the way I see that. Tell me, tell me if you agree what you think. If I'm Steve and Cliff, these guys, these guys want to continue in their positions. Absolutely. They're they gonna, should. They're going to sit down. They with, should want to. They're, they're going to sit down with Mike and, and they're going to they're gonna lay it out what happened this season as any GM or head coach would. And they're going to point to the Hopkins suspension and how that began the season with the Cardinals kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. They're going to lay out the offensive line decimation. They're going to lay out the Hollywood Brown injuries, the Zach Gertz. They're going to lay out kind of what we were talking about, what I was talking about, that this team never, ever played at full strength and never played together as it was designed to play together prior to the season. The team that they put together prior to the season, never took the field together. They're going to say all that to Mike Bidwell. Absolutely. They're going to state their case, as they should. How about... Uh, the, the end, by the end of the day, Jerry, real quick, I'll get both of your thoughts. The question to me is, is Mike Bidwell, as the owner of the team, going to buy that as a reason? I don't want to use the word excuse. Because in Steve and Cliff's mind, that will be the reason. It worked last year. Yeah, with D Hop, that was pretty much the reason for the for the collapse. Yeah, that's what okay, they were so, saying. So at, at the end of the day, gang, that's what this is all going to come down to. If you're talking about will the Cardinals make a change, it's going to come down to will Mike Bidwell buy that as a, an acceptable reason for the season as a whole and retain these two gentlemen for yet another season in 2023. We'll see. Real quick before we break, not local, but Arizona sports. Breaking news. Does Arson Judge have a new home? Arson Judge does not have a new home. Oh, no. Aaron Judge returning to the Yankees. Wow. I knew it. Nine years. Nine years. $360 million. Wow. Nobody, and I mean nobody, outbids the new. $40 million a year. Yankees. For nine years for a guy who's 31 years old. Or 32 years. How old was he? Nobody but Snake Pilsen escapes from New York. <laughs> if the Yankees want you, they do not get outbid. The San Francisco 49ers, there we go, Giants have to feel just beside themselves. Did you see Logan Webb, their pitcher, responding to John Heyman's tweets? We made the joke. John Heyman tweeted out yesterday, Arson Judge appears headed to San Francisco. And then he followed it up and said, the Giants said they haven't heard anything on Aaron Judge. Sorry to jump the gun. Logan Webb, who plays for the Giants, responded to John Heyman and went, not cool. <laughs> wow. $360 million for Aaron Judge. Brian Cashman earning that new extension already. Look at that. Uh, maybe we'll have some more on uh, baseball. Hot. So we're taught everywhere but Arizona right now. So who, wait, who, so what, what, who makes more money, Judge or Cole with the Yankees? What, what were the totals on that? 
I think it's Judge. Is it Judge? Judge is forty million a year now. Nine years, three hundred and sixty, right? Forty yeah. million a year for nine years. He'll good, be forty math something early in the morning. Jared, way to go! Uh, coming up next, Chris Paul. Could he be back on the floor tonight for the Phoenix Suns? It's been a while. We'll get into some Suns talk straight ahead. Tim ring in for Bick today here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Shazam! Suns Day brought to you by Coco 5. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The opening jump ball won by the Suns. And Torrey Craig will fire a three and knock it down right away from the right wing and give the Suns the first three points of the evening. Why? Why, Tim Ring, am I playing a highlight from a November 7th game where Torrey Craig hit a three off the opening tap? Because that assist went to Chris Paul. That was the last time Chris Paul played for the Phoenix Suns. November 7th. That could change tonight. Uh, Chris Paul has been upgraded to questionable. He's missed the last 14 games with a heel injury. Uh, of what degree, we don't know what really that injury entailed, but he could be back tonight. That's kind of the way it's been leaning. It's been suggested. Monty Williams just said a couple of days ago he doesn't have any intel on that. But the, the Suns could get both uh, Chris Paul and Torrey Craig back tonight for um, their he, game against the Boston Celtics. He doesn't have any intel. Yeah, if he doesn't have any intel, who does? I don't, I don't know what's going on around here. I don't know. <laughs> they don't tell me anything. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we Vinny, we kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. Now, we definitely don't have any intel, but what we do have is some common sense sometimes. Yeah, not all the time. I thought I I I I thought just kind of reading the tea leaves and the ebbs and flows of the season and the team, I thought and I don't know the severity of the foot injury or the heel injury. I saw with my own two eyes, Sunday, November 20th. That is the day the Suns played the Knicks at home. Okay. You obviously were out there as well. I was. Chris Paul was getting shots up in warm-ups. And although it was just kind of shooting around, he was moving okay. He was looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he could have played a basketball game, but he wasn't exactly limping around, and he, he looked okay in that setting in terms of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But I watched the Suns roll off six wins in a row. And they were they were playing pretty good basketball without him. And I thought to myself, you know what? They have a pretty good thing going here. Chris Paul maybe maybe is not a hundred percent, and but they're winning games. And Chris Paul at his age, at the age of thirty seven, they're trying to manage his minutes anyway to keep him fresh at a hundred percent for the playoffs. Let's 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 let that thing heal up a hundred percent. Let's get him some rest. We're still in December. We're winning games. We got a good thing going. Let's 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 keep him out until he's totally one hundred percent ready. And then I watched what happened in Dallas on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And as you and I talked about yesterday, this was just my personal opinion. Doesn't mean I'm right. I thought maybe you know what? After that happened last night with the Celtics coming up, and then a couple of games against the Pelicans, you wonder if Monty would say, and the organization would say, "All right, Chris, it's time." Let, let, let's let's get back out there now. We, we we bought a couple of weeks here. Now, he's out for a month, but we bought a couple of extra weeks with you on the sidelines. We won some games, but we just got our we got our tail handed to us the other night. We got some tough games coming up. Mm-hmm. Let, let's get back out there. Let's get you going again. Yeah. And lo and behold, upgraded to questionable. Yeah. After we went off the air yesterday. So now, doesn't, mean he's, doesn't mean he's going to play tonight. True. But let's see if he does. But the Sunday game, um, 
that you worked pregame on the, when the Suns smashed the Spurs on Sunday afternoon. During the play-by-play portion, Tom Leander kind of suggested that Wednesday might be the day for Chris Paul. So that was before. I think you might uh, there, there might be elements of both. Like this was the the date that was circled for the Suns. In addition to yes, this schedule is getting very tough. Uh, starting with that Dallas game into the Celtics game. You mentioned the back-to-backs in New Orleans. They got a, a road game with the Clippers coming up. But I think if you would have told the Phoenix Suns on the night of November 7th when Chris Paul limped off the court with the heel injury, and that was the game they lost to Philadelphia, hey, over the next 14 games without Chris Paul, you're going to go 9-5? and five? I think they would have signed up for that. I think so, too. Especially they got out of the gate pretty slow. I mean, the first mm-hmm. five games, first full five games Chris Paul missed, they only won two. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to kind of find their way for a little bit there. Other guys had to kind of redefine their roles and step up some scoring. Mm-hmm. And did it? Did, did they accomplish what they needed to? You were talking about yesterday that, you know, a lot of these people got minutes that you wouldn't normally see get minutes and yeah. got... Where I think this is huge, Jarrett, is one of the things that people wanted to see. When when you're breaking down the Suns, who did not change the chemistry of their team uh, to any great degree after that playoff exit last year, but one of the things the Suns needed to accomplish was they needed to get better point guard play behind Chris Paul. Whether that was Cameron Payne improving or someone else coming in via acquisition from James Jones in the front office. That part didn't happen. Cameron Payne was excellent over this 14-game stretch. And I believe it's not it, it doesn't guarantee anything because then when Chris Paul's back, Payne goes back to the bench, what does that do? But I think the confidence the campaign probably gathered in this 14-game stretch is going to pay dividends. Yep. Because he wasn't exactly playing confidently a lot last year, and he wasn't starting a lot last year. But to get that that level of importance put on what you do to run this basketball team with good success, that can only help campaign's confidence. Knew they needed another ball handler? Probably. Yeah, and DeAndre Ayton was empowered, I think, is really the number two scorer in the absence of mm-hmm. Chris Paul, even though Paul wasn't scoring Which really. is another thing that we talked about that needed to happen this and, year. Yeah, and ended up as, as the Western Conference Player of the Week. Does that happen if Chris Paul... And Cam Johnson are out there hmm. the full the full time. I I don't know, yeah. maybe not, but it but it did. So other guys stepped up. I thought Mikel Bridges found his three point stroke during this stretch. Uh, shot the ball very very well, and for the most part, it was a it was a heck of a run. It it did not. If Chris Paul comes back tonight, the run didn't end on a high note. Obviously, Monday night in Dallas and. Maybe this game was circled on the calendar as the return of Maybe. Chris Paul. I'll tell you this, though. If they would have rolled the Mavericks by 20 Monday night, would Chris Paul continue to, to rest that heel? I, I don't I don't know. But he, maybe he was always coming back Maybe tonight. I don't know. We'll never know. But they but they, they certainly were buying time and winning games as Chris Paul rested up to be 100% during this stretch. And we'll talk about this more later. But it's interesting to see what the pace of play looks like with Paul return compared to when he was out. Well, it's going to slow down. I can tell you that. <laughs> Whether that's good or bad. I know, and, and let me throw this at you. Let's say on like Tuesday, November 22nd, they start, they played the Lakers. If they would have lost to like the Lakers, the Pistons, and the Jazz three in a row, Chris Paul would have been back. Yeah, I mean... I, that's what, that's, well, so that's, we don't even know if he's going to be back tonight for sure. Right. We don't. We don't. But 
<laughs> to, to your I, point, that just I think that's also a byproduct of of the standings and what they look like right now. Yeah. This this is a total anomaly to have this kind of bunching this far into the season in the Western Conference. Yeah. No team has really separated itself one way or the other. No, Vinny, they lose three in a row. You know, hypothetically, I'm not saying they will, but they, if they were to lose three in a row, they could go from one to six or seven mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. You know, yeah, the Mavericks are now two games above 500. They won two in a row. Beat the Suns and they beat the Nuggets last night. They're 13 and 11, so they're in the seventh spot now. That's how tightly bunched it is. You can text your thoughts on that to the, uh, or anything to the FanDuel text line at 620, 620 right now. Coming up next, it looked like gloom and doom for Jimmy Garoppolo's season. Not necessarily the case. That and more in NFL hash marks. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. Doctors concluded today that Jimmy Garoppolo does not need foot surgery. It is not a Liz Frank injury, and he has the chance now to be back in seven to eight weeks, making it possible that if the 49ers go on an extended run, they potentially could get Jimmy Garoppolo back later this postseason if they're alive. Now, it's hard to imagine that because if they're alive in the postseason, that means that Brock Purdy must be playing pretty well. Well, so they would be faced with a difficult decision, but this is a team that's already lost two quarterbacks to two significant injuries this year. First Trey Lance, now Jimmy Garoppolo, but the report from the doctors today was much more optimistic and upbeat than the one that was sounded on Sunday night after the game when doctors thought he would be out six months, when he would need surgery on the broken foot. The foot is broken, but it's possible now that he could be back in seven to eight weeks. Oh, my foot. It's broken. Uh, That is Adam Schefter, of course, from ESPN with the update yesterday on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it was pretty much fait accompli on on Sunday night after their win over Miami. Kyle Shanahan said he's done. He's going to need surgery. We're going forward with Brock Purdy. There was all this speculation of what they would do uh, with Baker Mayfield if they would make a claim on him. Wouldn't have got him anyway because the Rams claimed him before. But uh, good news for Jimmy Garoppolo that he could be back. Um, but I got to I, I got to be honest about it, Tim. I'm fascinated to see what Brock Purdy can do in this role. I think this is a fascinating quarterback experiment for a team that has built a style of play that is not reliant on superstar quarterback play. I mean, nope. Jimmy Garoppolo would not have won as many games as he's won in San Francisco with another team because of all the the things around him in terms of personnel, systems, coaching, techniques, all of that. I think Brock Purdy can actually do this. If there's any team, you can just probably plug a quarterback in and say, you don't have to win the game, just don't lose it. Mm -hmm. Like that whole adage, right? The question is, can Brock Purdy, over an extended period of time, not not lose a game? That's why I never understood the Trey Lance thing. Because, yes, he had a higher ceiling, but he was the exact type of quarterback that could lose you games. And I don't know why they were taking their chance with that. Well, you know, they got got arguably one of the top two defenses. I'm not going to split hairs and say, oh, they're the best defense. But they got got one of the best, if not Uh the best defense in the NFL. They got a great running game now with Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey especially, and obviously Debo and the weapons that they have. But what concerns you is the the, the, the high-leverage situations that Brock Purdy is going to find himself in. Can he adapt? I mean, we're not—we're we're talking about 
not only a third string quarterback, we're talking about a rookie yeah. third string quarterback. Well, again, basically starting camp was a fourth stringer. I mean, that's asking an awful lot. It is. Now, Adam Schefter's math. But then again, is it? And I don't know. <laughs> Adam Schefter's math. And I don't know. He may have filed that report that we heard, like right off the cuff. The 49ers, to get Garoppolo back in seven weeks, they, they actually don't need to go on an extended run for him to get back. The divisional playoff round is in seven weeks. So assuming they win the division, if Garoppolo comes back in seven weeks, that's that's Sunday, perhaps January 22nd. Well, unless there's a big shift, though, San Francisco would be playing that first weekend. It's only the top seed gets a bye. So, so Philly or Minnesota right now is in in, in position okay, to get the point. bye. That's a good point. Okay, so they would play. So six, you would need to be back in. They would have to win one game, or Garoppolo would have to come back in six weeks to play. So, all right. So, but all right, one game is not an extended run, I guess. So he may miss one. Purdy may have to win them one playoff game if he comes back in seven weeks. Yeah. I, hey, there's a big game coming up on Sunday for Brock Purdy. The 49ers host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Santa Clara. Brock Purdy against Tom Brady. Yeah, but the Buccaneers can't score. They can't score. So Brock Purdy has to... But if Brock Purdy engineers a win over the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers, whether it's right or wrong, his his status grows. He'll need to score 13 points or more to win that game. (laughs) You know, and not throw a pick six or... I don't know. Throw a, throw a pick or drop a snap that puts the Buccaneers on a short How many other teams scored two touchdowns in three minutes last week? The Buccaneers did it. That's explosiveness. <laughs> the reason why I think, one of the reasons why I think Brock Purdy can pull this off, he's a smart quarterback. I don't think he's as mistake prone as most rookies would be, especially in that system. But one of the strengths in the passing game for the 49ers, we talked about this ad nauseum leading up to that game in Mexico against the Cardinals. They lead... All of football, and they've got several leaders in the league, yards after catch. It's short throws, it's high percentage throws, and you're counting on guys like Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings to go out and break tackles, and they're really good at it. Oh, I get it. And if they get ahead of the sticks on first and second down in the run game, even in those third down and short passing situations, they're in good shape. Oh, if, there's, if there's ever a Super Bowl contender that was built for a quarterback just to come in and manage the game, it's yes. the 49ers. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, though, I don't think a third-string quarterback has ever come into a team in the history of the league and won a couple playoff games. I mean, I, I think... I what mean, was Kurt Warner? Was he the... He was the backup. We've seen backup... He started court. most of the year. He I mean, started most of the year. Oh, oh, you mean like but back, late in the year they came in? I mean, yeah. there's. I, I mean, I'm trying to think of backup quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl. Hostetler. Hostetler. Hostetler's obviously the Nick gold Foles. standard. Nick Foles. Nick yeah. Foles. Earl Morrill. <laughs> Earl Morrill! <laughs> Earl Morrill! The, the guy at Ohio yeah, State, that was... Jeff, well, not, Card- not the NFL, but... Cardell Jones. Cardell Jones. Jones. I mentioned him yesterday. He was a third stringer, yeah. But, I mean, a, a third string quarterback? To I mean, how many third string... Teams don't even have third-string quarterbacks anymore. A lot of them don't. You're right. Um, Baker Mayfield might end Talk up about being a third-string third quarterback. quarterback, but claimed yesterday one team made a claim on Baker Mayfield. The Los Angeles Rams, who have quarterback issues, they got a lot of issues. Uh, but uh, Jeff Darlington from ESPN says this is actually a pretty good fit. I don't know if Baker can resurrect his career and he can do it eventually with the Rams. It's Pat Stafford. 
you know, retires now or in the near future. But at the very least, this is a place where Baker could reach whatever potential he has left in the tank. Maybe. Uh, again, I pointed this out, and ESPN's been putting this out. since two th- They have data back to 2006 when they rolled out the total QBR ESPN-created stat, which is supposedly a more complete stat um, that, that gauges quarterback play. Right now, Baker Mayfield has the second lowest single season total QBR of any quarterback tracked since 2006. The only guy lower than him was Jimmy Clausen. Oh, poor Jimmy. And, you know, is that a product to a degree of what is around Baker Mayfield or what was around him in Carolina? Yes. But, man. No, you can't hide from that. He's, I mean, he was a number one overall pick, and it was a, it was a big miss. He's on his third team in his sixth year. When you're when you are Fifth year, sorry. When you are an, an offensive guru like McVay, these kind of guys think that they can maybe get something out of you that other guys can't. So I understand. Plus their their quarterback situation for these final five games is dire. I mean he does he doesn't have an NFL quarterback on his roster. So if they can get Mayfield up for speed, at least you maybe you can get him for these final five games and it's a free look, right? It's a free look. Doesn't yeah. cost him a lot of money. And if, I mean, Matthew Stafford, who might retire, who knows? Well, that's if not, thing. he's always injury prone, and you could maybe have a backup next year. I heard year a this. report, and I, I'm kicking myself for not jotting down where it was from, but that Mayfield could see action tomorrow night well, that's on Thursday thing. night football against the Raiders. If they can get him up to speed, they're going to put him in there. Yeah, and, and again, it's a free look. And I was going to just say what Jared said is that for next year. I'm not saying they're eyeing up Mayfield to be the starter, but if if, if Stafford does retire. If if you can pull something out of Mayfield, at least you have him as an option for next year. Mm-hmm. And if Stafford comes back, you have Mayfield as a experienced kind of veteran backup. Yeah, and it could be worse. We know the Rams don't have any draft picks, so it's not like they're yeah. going to go find a quarterback in the draft. They blanked them picks. <laughs> they got a Lombardi Trophy though. This, this they did, it, and that makes it worth it. Yes, it does. Uh, they'll always have that. Uh, this week, listen to Wolf and Luke for the Pantera call out. Once you hear Wolf do the call out. Dial 602-260-9870 for your chance to win tickets to see Metallica and Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. Coming up next, injuries have been an issue for the Arizona Cardinals. They're coming off their bye. How much healthier exactly are the Cardinals getting heading into the Patriots game? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings with Tim Ring in for Bick today, live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.